This morning the title is An Evil Report, An Exaggerated Response, and An Excellent Reply. An Evil Report, An Exaggerated Response, and An Excellent Reply. First one, Numbers 13, sorry, I don't think I told you the chapter, Numbers 13. Again, we apologize for the cold. It's hard to heat here and keep it up. So bring your coat with you for when we're coming again and put a pair of thermal socks on or something. But we're going to try and get another blower to try and keep the heat up a little bit. And the mold cold here too. Numbers 13, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thy men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I gave unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one, a ruler among them. Now let your eye run down to verse 17. There are the men that are sent out. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob as men come from Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came to Hebron. And to Haman and Shishai and Talmai, the children of Anak were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eshcol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. And the place was called the brook of Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching the land for four, after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation that showed them fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land which, thou, the land which through we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their 
side. Let's pray. Father, take your own word. We ask you and plead with you this morning and inscribe it in every heart and mind and enable this man of frailty and of clay lips to be able rightly divide the word of truth, to be able to give some bread to your people. Lord, that you would feed them at your table this morning. Glorify your name, Father, and bless those that can't be with us. Bless those that are still in mourning. Bless those, Lord, are still hurting. Bless those who are ill in body. We pray, O oh God, that you would help them at this time and draw close to them. Those that are watching now, live, later, from wherever they are, we pray for a blessing upon them, that you would draw near to them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Notice here, in verse 1, it says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Notice the Lord tells Moses, but that's important. We want to look at this more in depth in a moment. And verse 2, send thy men that they may search out the land of Canaan, which I gave unto the children of Israel. Notice, which I gave. They haven't entered it yet, but God has given it to them. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. Will you turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 1, please? Deuteronomy chapter 1. just want to lift out a few verses. I would advise you to read all of this when you have time. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 21. Behold the Lord thy God hath set the land. Notice the terminology. Notice what is being said to Israel here. Behold the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Now notice, go up and possess it. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. And ye came near unto me, every one of you. Underline that. And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search out the land, and bring us word again, by the way which we must go, and into the cities we shall come. Notice, and the saying pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe. Notice here, there's something happening. First of all, in verse 21, we have God's word, God's promise, God's grace, God's gift. For example, in verse 21, Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it, as the Lord of God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. Notice, first of all, they're given a picture of this land. They haven't been there. They can only see a part of it across the horizon, as it were, across the river. They haven't been there yet. Yet, the Lord had given it unto them. They haven't fully seen it yet, yet they're asked to believe God for what he says. Notice, so the picture, or if you want, the vision is given to them. And God gives a vision. He doesn't give, us, give everything to us at once. He gives us something and we walk in it and it comes to pass as we walk in faith. Notice here it says... The Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. That's the picture. Secondly, there's the prize. The prize. He says, go up and possess it. 
Notice the words of the Lord here. Go up and possess it. In other words, God's saying, just go do it. I've said it before you. Now I'm with you. Go do it. That's the prize. And thirdly, there's the promise. The Lord God of thy fathers has said unto thee, fear not, neither be discouraged. This promise is that as I was with your fathers, as I have done well with your fathers, as I have brought your fathers through this wilderness, out of Egypt, as I've been with them, so I am with you. God is saying, believe me, go possess it. Here's your prize. Now here's the picture of it, the vision. So brothers and sisters, you can see how God is leading the people here and he's, he's given them a foundation, a fortification of his own word. For example, in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, The Lord spake unto Moses. And we're told in our reading that the Lord told Moses to take a man from every tribe. But in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 22, notice what it says. Moses is speaking to the people. Notice, And ye came near unto me every one of you and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land and bring word again. Is the Bible contradicting itself? Numbers says that God said it. Deuteronomy 1 says that the people said it. We will do this. We're going to send forth men. So we have to ask, is the Bible contradicting itself? It isn't at all. I want to show you something. While God said to the people, go and send men, let me give you an example somewhere else. Well, you can write it down if you're taking notes, but don't be, don't be turning to it. We haven't got a lot of time to do this. In Numbers chapter 23, later on in our story from Numbers 13, in Numbers 23, we have the story of Balaam and Balak. And Balak hires Balaam Uh, to curse Israel. And every time Balaam goes to curse Israel, he finds he can't because God is blessing them. You can't bless that which, you can't bless that which God has cursed and you can't curse that which God has blessed. And so every time he tries to do it, he can't. You know the only way that he was able uh, to damage Israel was through the lust of their flesh. To bring in other people that were not Israelites and the children of God and to have them mix with them in fornication. But note this. In Numbers 23 and verse 21, notice what Balaam says to Balak. He says, the Lord, talking of Israel, and as one body, the Lord, his God, is with him. And there's a shout of the king in the camp. There's a shout of a king in the camp. Here we find that Balaam is looking and hears a king's voice every time he goes to to uh, curse uh, Israel. Balaam means not off the people. That's what his name means, not off the people. So he's trying to be one who is a, he's still a prophet, but he's a prophet of Baal. That's where you get it from. He is a Balaam. And Balak, the king, his name means devastator. And so you can see how there are devastators and those who are not of God's people who will try to have God's people fall. 
Note this, brothers and sisters, when God's people are following the word of God, when God's people are close to their God, and God is always close to them, when they are walking, no matter what they're walking through, here's what you find. That people cannot curse that which God has blessed. And the only way that you may be pulled down is through the lusts of your flesh. Through the lusts of the flesh, the pride of life. Note here, there's a shout of a king among them. In other words, the king was Yahweh. Yahweh was the king of Israel. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, later on Israel become a nation. They're a tribal people. Then they are given law. They're given commandment. They start to become a nation. And then they become a kingdom when a king comes. They ask for a king. We know the story. They say that in... 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 5. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. They wanted a human figure of a king. Of course, Saul was the king who was from Benjamin. He wasn't from the tribal line of Judah. And he was not God's choice, but the people's choice. And a long story short, uh, God is feeling this. I want, to, I want you to grab hold of this. In 1 Samuel 8 and verse 7 it says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should reign over them. First of all, there's a shout of a king. God is their king. It's not even at this point as a, a, a kingdom. They're only coming into their kingdom status. And of course, that's when Saul is put there. But they have a, a, it's not a monarchy, but a theocracy. God is the king of the nation. God is the king of the land. And God is the king of the people. And so God gives them their desire and they reject God by asking for a king on a throne. And so he gives them Saul. Years later, he reminds the northern house of Israel in Hosea 13 and 11... He says, I give thee a king in mine anger. Ah, see? You don't want me. I think of the people who are rejecting the Lord today. I think of the people who are thinking that they will be okay by rejecting Christ today. And it's not that God is all love. God is love. He is That's an attribute of God, but God has wrath. He has wrath. And here he says, I gave thee a a king in mine anger and took him away in my wrath. Of course, David came after that. I want you to notice something while we're on this thread. In Psalm 106 and verse 15, looking back to the wilderness, listen to what the psalmist says. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their souls. He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their souls. Brothers and sisters, we have to understand here that, that, that they were looking for quail. God's provision wasn't enough for them. The manna every morning 
without fail was always there and God's provision wasn't enough. They thought and they felt they had to do, they wanted more. They thought it had to be something of uh, this earth and this world. So he sent them forth quail rather than angel's food. He gave them their request. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we pray so long and we pray so hard and sometimes we don't realize it. We might just be praying out of the will of God. And if we're praying out of the will of God, sometimes God and what people call his permissive will allows it to happen. But at the end of it, when things are all done and dusted, as it were, at the end of it, what happens? God's will is always done. Why? Because he's sovereign. But who has the damage done? You and I. We go through the trial. We go through the walk. We go through the ringer, as we would say here. Here he gives them their request, but he sent leanness into their souls. Notice leanness into their soul. I don't know if you've ever experienced that when there's a a feeling of leanness in your soul. And you can't sense, sometimes recognize, you feel, where are you, Lord? The the deadness. And you go through the motions. You ever went just through the motions? You have to wait until you're restored again. He restoreth my soul. He sent leanness into all of them. They rejected him as king. They rejected his provision. Notice what it says here. And he sent leanness into the souls. Listen to Puritan Thomas Adams here. God fatted the Israelites with quails, but withal sent leanness into their soul. The flesh is blown up. The spirit doth languish. They are worse than man-eaters, for they are self-eaters. And sometimes we think that that which we are praying for in our prayer has not been heard as we think. All prayer would be heard of you. But I thank God there's sometimes he doesn't answer my prayer the way I want it. Or whenever I ask for it. Or expect it. Because I have to yield to the sovereign will of my Father. That he knows best. Brother, sister, do not be discouraged from praying, but rather seek his face and ask his will and pray into that rather than our wants. Listen, Puritan Thomas Chalmers on leanness. Listen to what he says. He says, leanness is spiritual barrenness and emptiness of aught like divine tastes or enjoyments. In other words, he's saying, this leanness is, there's no joy of the Lord in your heart or your life. Look, years and years before I was saved, I used to drive lorries and vans and so forth, and there's a woman, and she was a, a Christian woman, and And I'll be honest, I'm just being honest. I remember working with her. And I remember looking at her and she was miserable looking. She was the most 
miserable looking person that I knew. Her face was round her chin, her chin was round her knees, pardon me, somewhere. Lot length all the time, moaning, gurning, griping, and complaining. I'm not saying any of you are like that now. Please don't get me wrong. But this woman was the most miserable looking, and I'm unsaved. And I thought, I'm glad I'm not a Christian. That woman had a leanness in her soul. She had a leanness in her soul. Do you not know that the joy of the Lord is your strength? Brothers and sisters, many of us may have lost the divine tastes and enjoyments of the Lord. But I want to tell you this morning, he hasn't went anywhere. It's you and I that removes ourselves from him. It's you and I that removes ourselves from him. Listen to Romans chapter 8 and verses 5 and 6. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Notice, to be carnally minded is death. And when we as Christians get a carnal mind, we want the quail. Your provision is not enough, O God. We want the king. Your rule in my life is not what I want anymore, O God. When we get it, leanness may come into the soul. Leanness in the heart. Brothers and sisters, we find that divine tastes and joys leave us. No longer to be with us. Yet he has not left us nor forsaken us. The point is this. God said to Israel, go in and possess the land. Note, but Israel wanted to put it through the human factor. Israel wanted to put it through the senses and their own agency. God was putting them and their faith to the test. God was putting them and their faith to the test. And while sending out the spies to search the land was something that was considered wise... It was considered wise. God didn't tell them to send out the spies. They wanted to send out the spies. God said, go possess it. God said, go in my word and do it. And they said, hold on, first of all, let's get together for a conflab here and let's have a good chinwag about this and get our brains together. I wonder should we send out the spies first. And God gave them their request, send out the spies. That's what happened. You know, sometimes we want our human agency to be involved in what God has for us, rather than take him at his word and walk in it. I can only see part of this vision. God didn't say, you can only see part of the vision. He says, I'll give it to you. Go do it. Go do it. How's your faith in him? He was putting them to the faith. 
And when they sent out the spies to search out the land, and it was considered wise, the natural thing for Israel was to forget what God said and have a good talk about it. And what is the human factor in this? The picture that God had given them, Numbers 13 and 27. Notice what, notice this. This is what they say. We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. God already told them that. God already said that to them. They're coming back and they're saying, they've got these grapes, they've cut down the vines, and probably some people think the grapes were the size of their fist. Big bunches of grapes that they hold it between sticks and it was hanging around by the ground. Figs, they brought the figs with them and other, other delicacies and things that God had said about it. And they realized, even though they went through the human process first, that at the end of it all, that which God had said is already what was there. And we have to work it out in our heads, don't we? We have to get the the, the mental assent to it. We have to try to get our human understanding and thinking and get our ducks all in order or else we can't do it. And God says, you'd never be able to do it, but if you do it in my word, I'll do it. I'll do it, brother. I'll do it, sister, he says. Take note in this. Take note in this. We came into the land whither thou sentest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. God's word here is proven to be true. But they soon lost the vision. The word is true. The word is tried and tested. It's good and faithful. Here's the problem. You ready for the negativity? Here's the devil in the detail here. They allow their minds to forget Forget what God had said. Forget what God had done. Forget the vision. And here's the promise. They, all they had to do was possess it. Grab hold of the prize. They're led by the flesh and not the spirit. They allow fear to overrule their faith. They exalt their enemies over Elohim and his word. They let what they see dictate what the word said. And they let the panic, let their panic override God's promise. They accept an evil report and it spawns an exaggerated response. They accept an evil report and it spawns an exaggerated response. Numbers 13, please. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. First of all here, they're looking and saying, They're big, they're strong, we can't do it. Probably right. Again, they're looking at their flesh. They're looking at their own arm of strength. We can't do it. Of course you can't do it. God does it. Can't do this, Lord. Listen, there's things I sit sometimes and say, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm just being honest. I, I can't do this. I haven't the strength for this. And all of a sudden, the thought then comes when he's saying, No, you're right, you can't. It's not you that's doing it, it's me. 
It's not you that does it, it's him. Notice here, verse 32, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land that we went through, which we have gone through, to search it, a land which that eateth up, let me get light on this, the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it, are men of great stature. Again, they're looking at the 2020 vision of man. It doesn't matter who's in the land. It doesn't matter what tribal factions are in the land, what people are in the land. It doesn't matter what high, high the, the city walls were in the land, walled up to heaven as they thought. It doesn't matter if the giants are in the land, the sons of Anak are in the land. It doesn't matter what's ahead of you. It's who is with you. It's who's with you. It's who's with you in this time we're going through. It's who's with you when we hear of evil reports on the left hand and on the right. It's who is with you and who does what in you. And he is with you, brother. He is with you, sister. All he asks you to do and says and commands us to do is to believe him, to trust him. Notice here, Verse 33, and we saw the giants, the sons of Anak there would come the giants, and we were on our own side as grasshoppers. So we were in their sight. Easy to tell these Israelites were from Ulster, can't you? Northern Ireland. So we were. Brothers and sisters, these giants in the land, everything looks against them. That's according to the flesh. And the carnal mind brings death. They start to die. Listen. Do you know what's between their shoulders? The fruit of the land that they brought. The evil report spawns an exaggerated response. Their mindset becomes a faithless heart. A discouraging word can cause and generate doubt among others. And this can well lead to this exaggerated response that comes from the people in chapter 14. Listen, an individual can bring a, a, an evil report to a church. And it starts to filter through the people. And when it does, what happens? Exaggerated responses come. An individual can come and bring it to a group of people in your workplace or wherever, and everyone starts to panic. Everyone starts to get afraid. Do you know what's wrong with our, our nation today because of the media and all the things that's happening? Do you know what's wrong? People are afraid. They have everybody afraid. Christians now arguing and fighting with Christians. To put it in an Ulster term, Christians tighten on Christians. For those American followers, that means telling on them, <laughs> reporting them. It's all to do with fear because one set has, has had an evil report. Then there's an exaggerated response. And so we must, we must do this or we must do that. We must be like this. And if they're not all doing it, then they're all wrong. It can come to you when the devil comes. Whispers in your ear. 
gives you a negative word in your ear, brings fear to you, brings worry, brings concern, things are never going to change for you. Things are never going to get better for you. Ah, you see, you're not going to wake up in the morning, you know. Brothers and sisters, the devil's a liar. He's a liar. And that brings an exaggerated response in all of us. Listen, how you speak to and what you listen to can cause an exaggerated response. Remember this. This is what I written whenever I was writing this during the week. Negatives are only developed in the dark. And fear is distilled in the brewery of godless moments. And people are getting drunk on it. You know what Proverbs 18 and 21 says? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Listen, do you ever get someone comes up to you and you're feeling okay? You're normal day, you're not feeling ill, you're feeling okay. And someone comes up to you and I'll use Johnny here, sorry Johnny, to say, here Johnny, you're looking awful pale today. You alright? You're looking very sick. Next thing Johnny goes, no, I'm dead on. Next thing you're looking in the mirror and going, oh, I'm maybe I am. Maybe I'm not doing good today. Part of the tongue. Part of the tongue. Do you see him? Do you see her? And everybody else goes, exaggerated response, part of the tongue. And you've slain that person, that man or that woman. But it says those who do that will reap from that the same for themselves. Brothers and sisters, note this. The tongue can be poisonous or wholesome, can speak faith or fear. It can be spiritual or carnal. And an exaggerated response here in our reading, showed the shallowness of the faith of the people. This exaggerated response showed the shallowness of the faith of the people. Did they forget, as he said, the God of their fathers? Have we forgotten the God of our fathers? Have we forgotten the revivals in Ulster? In the United Kingdom? Have we forgotten that he is the same yesterday and today and forever? Have we forgotten that he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee? Have we forgotten that he has said, Lo, I am with thee always, even unto the end of this age? Have we forgotten that he says that no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper? Have we forgotten of the wonderful things that he has done when we used to sing, O oh God, our help in ages past, our hope from years to come, shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home, have we forgotten his deliverance? 
He delivered us. And even with this whole... I want to watch myself. Treachery. Skullduggery. It's done by Westminster and the European Union on Ulster. Have we forgotten God's deliverance before? It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others. He can do for you. God has done it before, he can do it again. Did they truly believe that he was the I am? Did they truly believe all they had seen or heard before? I wonder how many of us truly believe there's a judgment for the lost? I mean, truly, I mean, really, truly, honestly believe it. I wonder how many really, honestly believe that. As Christians, I wonder how many of us believe it. Because if we did, one, we would worship him every single moment we had of the day. We had worship him with all we have and with all we are. I'll tell you, we would do more than that. We were reaching out to the lost and the dying without Christ because we know it's real. But how much do we really believe it? Do we really believe that as believers we'll stand before the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ? Do we honestly believe that or else we would serve like we'd never served before? And church, as I said the other week, wouldn't be an add-on to our lives, but rather uh, it would be the centrality of the work of God in our lives. I wonder here how much they really believed after the works that they had seen the miracles that they had seen and heard of from their fathers. I wonder, did they really believe? Because they have the fruit of it in their hands. Notice, they have the fruit of it in their hands. And yet they're saying, but there's giants there. You know what they're saying? God's blessing's there. His promise is true and it's real. And here the prize, we have a little bit of it. We have brought some of it home. Here it is, the grapes and the pomegranates and the, the figs and the so on. And they're bringing all this back and saying, look at the blessing from Eshcol. Oh, but there's dancer, I have to warn you folks. Listen, we know there's a devil, don't we? But we're not afraid of him. You know why? Why are we not afraid of the devil? Because he's a defeated foe. Because he's a defeated foe. Because Christ crushed his head. I must watch the time. Fear, brother, sister. Fear breeds fear. But faith builds faith. Ten men brought the fruit of God's promise home. Ten men brought home the fruit of God's promise, but these ten men brought home the fear of the enemy. But there were two of the twelve, two, who were men of faith. You know, there are undoubtedly times when faith is low. We all have it. And our belief is low. 
We know that certain things that have happened and have come as a shaft of light out of the darkness could only be from God. These grapes and so forth coming out. It's like a shaft of light coming out of the vision. Here's it. All they had to do was go possess it. A word in season, brothers and sisters, will strengthen you. A special miracle will heal you. A certain person brought along may encourage you and a handful in purpose will sustain you. Don't allow your heart to be in contradiction to the word of God. I'm running to a close here. They lost sight of the picture of the vision. They refused to trust and lay hold on the prize. And they rejected the promise and turned it turned to their past problems. Here's it right in front of us. Do you know some people get so close and yet they're so far? Judas kissed the door of heaven and went to hell when he kissed the cheek of Christ. Judas kissed the door of heaven and went to hell when he kissed the cheek of Christ. There are two men in our reading. Verse 30 brings an excellent Caleb this and then later on Joshua. Brings an excellent reply. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. Would you say, well, able? Would you say it, mean it? Would you say, we are well able? Come on, brothers and sisters, let's hear it. We are well able. You see, we're, we're, we're putting faith in you this morning. Because there's things that you're, you're concerned about, you're worried about, you're fearful about, you're getting evil reports. There's exaggerated responses. Instead, we need to... Bring our minds into the captivity to the mind of Christ and under the word of God. We are well able, Cable says. Let's say we are well able, brothers and sisters. We are well able. Come on, shut it out. We are. We're well able. Why are we well able? Because you're so strong in yourself? Not at all. Because you're so weak, he's so strong. You're well able, brother. You're well able, sister. I finish with this. Thank you for your attention this morning. Caleb's name, Kalev, is the root word for dog. Dog. But his name also gives the idea of something, sometimes faith needs to be forceful and Caleb's name means forceful too. Forceful. Forceful. And in the group of all the congregation of Israel, and with Moses and all the elders that are there, and all the people that are there, and the twelve men come, ten of them bring an evil report, the people have an exaggerated response. And Caleb stands up forcefully, and he says, We are well able. Isn't it good to have a voice in the midst of the madness? Isn't it good to have a voice in the land and the nation where people, there's still people who love the Lord, who love his word, and are still trusting in him?
Brother, sister, sometimes faith needs to be forceful. Sometimes faith needs to be heard to overcome the fear. Rebuke that word of death. Rebuke that word of death. Rebuke that word of fear when it comes to you. Rebuke that impossibility. Rebuke that word with the word of life. With the word of truth. With the word of hope. With the word of light. With the word of God. They brought up an evil report. It gave a negative response. But Caleb stands up with an excellent reply. Hold on. We're valuable. Everyone isn't going to follow it. They didn't listen to Caleb. They didn't listen to Joshua. But nevertheless, the word of God came to pass. They went into the land. Read Deuteronomy 7. God bit by bit. Notice step by step. Cleared out the enemy. I'm praying through this and I'm believing God for it and I'm walking in faith and I'm reading his word and I'm trusting God for it but I'm still getting opposition, still getting this and that's still coming against me. Brothers and sisters, you may. You may well, yes. So do I. But listen, it's step by step. The Lord removes the enemy. The impossibility. And that which is impossible with men is possible with God. May God bless you this morning. And may he bless his word to glorify his name. Amen.